0: episode 108, finding hope in the research about mental health and TCKs with Tanya Crossman. This is the Expat Mom podcast, a podcast for expat moms around the world who want to feel better and improve their emotional health as they navigate the unique challenges of living and mothering abroad. I'm your host Jenny Linton. I'm a certified life coach, a mom to four daughters and married to a U.S. diplomat. I've lived in six countries on four continents. I know what it's like to feel stuck emotionally and I know how to get unstuck. I'm excited to share with you some tools to help you feel less discouraged, improve your relationships and increase your confidence. Welcome back everybody. I hope you had a wonderful week. And if last week's episode about um, the research on TCKs left you feeling a little bit heavy, um, I'm excited to introduce this week because it is actually the second part of my interview with Tanya Crossman, where she lays out some of the research that is really hopeful about mental health and TCKs. And I love, I talk about it in the interview, but they have a beautiful white paper called Caution and Hope. And it explains a little bit about that just because this experience of living overseas can create a lot of these mental health outcomes, it doesn't necessarily have to. And there are things that we can do to prevent that. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to episode 107, the first part of the interview with Tanya Crossman, I highly recommend that you do that. Um, because we will be referring back to some of the things that we talked about earlier in the interview and some of the research, and it will help you understand the power of some of the tools that um, she and the research that she talks about in terms of prevention. So, if you haven't had a chance to do that, I highly recommend listening to episode 107, where Tanya lays out a lot of this research. And in this episode, I'm going to reintroduce Tanya um, in case you ha- haven't had a chance to listen to 107. Um, So that you can get to know her a little bit and about her background before we jump into part two of the interview So tanya is the director of research for the international education at tck training And that is a company that provides preventive care to families living globally mobile lives and organizations And we actually interviewed lauren wells. I think it was sometime last year or a couple years ago So definitely go back and listen to that episode. She is an amazing human being Um, and Tanya, um, has worked with her quite a bit in doing some amazing research that she'll talk about later. So Tanya is also, in addition to that position at TCK training, she also is an intercultural trainer with 18 years of experience in the field of global mobility. She had provides support to families. She helps international schools and organizations who serve cross-cultural populations. She is the author of Misunderstood. The Impact of Growing Up Overseas in the 21st Century, which I happen to have a copy of, and it is fascinating. And she's interviewed all sorts of ATCKs. Again, hopefully we'll learn more about that as we go. And this is an amazing bio, so I'm just going to keep on going. She's also published two white papers published by TCK Training, which we will also talk a little bit about. She's the co-author of an upcoming book for Australian TCKs. And because this is not long enough yet, she is currently working on her third book, A Guidebook for Adults Who Wish to Unpack the Legacy of a Cross Cultural Childhood. And she's also on the board of Families and Global Transition, which is a fantastic organization for all of you who are listening, which supports families just like all of us who are moving from country to country and who are living abroad. And they have some of um, both caregivers and individuals who are going from place to place and they provide all sorts of amazing research and support. So I definitely recommend that organization as well. So we are delighted to have you. Thanks for being here, Tanya.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me. It's like, quite nice to sit back and hear someone tell me all the things about myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are amazing. And I should add, Tanya and I have become friends in the last little bit, and I have just really enjoyed talking with her. Not only does she have this amazing bio, but she's incredibly down to earth and very accessible and just not only is she brilliant, she's kind and so connecting and so fun to get to know. So I hope that you'll get to connect more with her in the future. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump into the second part of the interview and Um, At this point, I kind of chopped the interview in half because it was long and I wanted to make sure that we could enjoy it in bite-sized pieces because there's so much goodness there. Um, So we, at this point in the interview, had just finished discussing a lot of the research and some of the challenges uh, that TCKs face. And Tanya uh, begins to talk a little bit about the preventative side of what we can do about this. And I have repeated um, about three or four minutes from the previous interview, because I think it sets some important context for the rest of it. So if you start listening, and you're like, wait a second, I heard this. Yes, I repl- I'm replaying a couple of minutes, just I think it's like three or four minutes of the previous episode, so that you can get context for some of the research that she's going to present. So here it is.
1: I, one of the biggest um, things on our like list of things we believe as a company at TCK Training is that, you know, the first is that we believe that the international life and emotionally healthy families are not in contradiction, that both can, they can coexist. Our second one is that kids should not be taking a backseat to their family's work or ministry. Mm. But that doesn't happen unless it's intentional with Mm. the kind of lives we lead now. Um, I was recently talking to um, Phil McAuliffe on The Lonely Diplomat Uh, podcast. And he was saying one of his biggest regrets looking back is, you know, going away on a business trip when it was his boy's fourth birthday. It's like, you know what? I wish I could go and tell that guy that you can leave in the morning. You're not that important. You can be a bit late to the conference. But there's this pressure in these worlds, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's so hard to stand up to that pressure. Mm -hmm. And so I have so much empathy. And and such a heart for parents who are trying to care for their kids and themselves in the midst of that pressure that this life has brought to us.
0: Oh Yeah, you painted such a beautiful picture because I think most parents can relate to that where you're, I'm sure that dad wanted to go to that fourth birthday, right? But he's like, well... Yeah. It's probably not the end of the world. This kid will get over it. But like this, whatever conference or this boss or whatever it is, there's a lot of pressure yeah. in the immediate. The expectations feels more important in the immediate. But in the long, yes. time, the important thing was the birthday. But it's it's hard to feel that it's, in it's the, moment. the message
1: that's being conveyed in the long run to kids yeah. is that work comes first.
0: Yes, which is which then, as we've seen, rolls out the aces. And there's a really fascinating statistic that, um, please correct me if I'm I'm wrong about this, but I believe it was TCK training that said 80% of TCKs or ATCKs experience some mental illness, anxiety, depression related to their experience growing up.
1: So Lauren wrote that in her book. It was from a conversation with me about ongoing research that I was doing. Um, so I was surveying adult TCKs. Um, at the time, the numbers in an open su- study that hadn't closed yet were at 80% had dep- had re- experienced depression, 80% had experienced anxiety. Um, the numbers have went actually higher than that in the final survey. Um, this is self-reported, not clinically diagnosed. In the next survey that TCK training is doing, we'll be asking more specific questions around this to hopefully get some more clear numbers. Okay. Uh, about the rate of self-reported versus clinical diagnosis and things like that, but yeah, it was around eighty eighty five percent in my survey of adult TCKs. Wow,
0: um, this is soft but, uh, research, you know, but really research, to yeah. pay attention to in terms of what's what's being reported. Wow, that's amazing. So I love. You know, we've talked a couple of times about this white paper, and I love the title that you guys chose, Caution and Hope, because I think it can be very overwhelming. And we've talked about life as... An expatriate parent can be very overwhelming as it is, and you already feel guilty because you're dragging your kids around and all these things. (laughs) So sometimes you hear these statistics, and you're just like, ah, sorry, like, you know, I feel so terrible. But as I love how you and and TCK training, and I think in your materials, there's such a feeling of this is just letting you know so that we can do something. This is not, this is not a diagnosis, a permanent, you know prognosis this is just a warning you know like a yield sign like slow down there are things we can do and so will you yes. talk a little bit about in your research in your interviews what things help tck's to develop their identity and this emotional health in a healthy way mm-hmm. given these challenges right yeah so we introduced this in
1: caution and hope uh the second white paper tck is at risk the long title was Mitigating Risk Factors, and we talk even more about um, not just from an individual family perspective but from a corporate perspective, how can organisations and companies be mitigating risk factors for the families they send and serve Um, because there is a lot. One of the other reasons we love looking at ACE scores is that there's also research in two pieces, so positive childhood experiences. So someone went, you know what? If we know that someone with, you know, four or more ACEs has this higher risk of all these things, well, high risk doesn't mean a guarantee. It's not 100%. What about the people who have these, like, high ACE scores, these negative childhood experiences, but thrive in adulthood? What's different for them? What do they have that enables them to overcome those adversities and, and still thrive in adulthood? And they went and researched that. And what they discovered was what is called the pieces, the positive childhood experiences, a list of seven, it's kind of eight um, positive experiences, that when they are present in a child's life, those risks for adulthood drop through the floor. For example, if someone with a high ACE score has six or seven of these pieces present in their life, their risk of adulthood depression drops
0: 72%. Wow.
1: So we just talked about this huge percentage of adult TCKs saying they've experienced depression. That risk drops through the floor if these positive childhood experiences are in place. And they are all things that are fairly common sense, normal things that just take a bit more intentionality when we're talking about these globally
0: mobile lives. Mm. So will you list a few of those? And I know there are tons of resources we could refer people to at the end, <laughs> just, just for those listening Will you list a few yeah,
1: of those pieces? Absolutely. And and I'll just quickly mention there's also research on resilience builders that's been done in 40 countries and they completely overlap these pieces. So while the pieces research is done in the US, additional research shows the exact same thing works across cultures. Wow. So the pieces, three of them take place within the home. The rest take place in the community. So the first message is you cannot do this alone. As a parent, you need your community to help you provide safety and preventive care for your kids. Mm -hmm. So at home, the three things, one is feeling heard so I can express my emotions and and those will be accepted and heard by my family. Um, Two, I feel protected. I feel Mm -hmm. safe in my home, both emotionally and physically. Um, And for some kids, that's going to look different to what makes their parents feel safe. So if I've grown up in a country where we have you know, walls and gates and padlocks and bars on windows and guards at the end of the street, that's what make I feel safe because of those things, not unsafe because of them. So then when I move to a country that doesn't have those things, suddenly while my parents feel more mm-hmm. safe, I feel more unsafe because where are the bars and where is the guard? This is a really unsafe place. So conversations about what feels safe to your kids are really important to hit that one.
0: Avoid uh, that misunderstanding again in assuming. Mm, we know what yeah right? Like asking. Them. Yeah.
1: And the third one is having that care and support that someone will be will be caring for me through hard times. So they'll know that I'm going through a hard time and they'll support me through it. Mm-hmm. So that my family is there for me, whatever emotion I'm feeling, whatever hard time I'm going through, that I'll feel protected at home. That is it. That is how you provide those pieces at home for your kid. Mm-hmm. None of those things are super out of reach, right? They're They're not... Crazy difficult things. It's just being intentional about making sure our kids have that emotional safety. And, and other ones are all about engaging in community.
0: Th- that means also just taking a little bit of extra effort rather than, hey, stop being such a pill or, you know, go to your room. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Like, hey, you seem like you're feeling really bummed right now. Tell me about it, right? Creating space for that emotion rather than being dismissive or punishing, which is Absolutely. It's easy to do when you're stressed out or you're trying to run to a meeting or you're trying and to get-
1: that's the biggest thing, right? When I'm stressed, it's hard yeah. for me to be emotionally present, which is why taking care of yourself is so important because mm-hmm. if you don't have the margin, you can't be emotionally present. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. So you have to really- give yourself what you need to be able to be present for your kids.
0: Yes, totally. Okay, other four, apologies. Keep going. Um,
1: it's just amazing. in your, no, no, no so important. Uh, in your community just being part of a community where you feel like you belong so to test if that's true for your kids do other people greet them by name and say hi to them do they just hang around you or are they chatting with other people in that community that community could be your school community it could be you know a, a church or a community organization you know anywhere that you're gathering with people um Having non-parent adult role models who engage with them and spend time with them and that notice them. Um, this doesn't have to be anything formal, just people who care about them and see them as people, not as your kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, feeling a sense of belonging in high school and having friends, having these supportive, meaningful relationships with kids of their own developmental stage. And that's Oh, and engaging in traditions—you know, mm-hmm. just community traditions and being part of those—and that's it. Like none of those. That's are it. If we put those things in place, our kids are, are buffered from all of these difficult things, and their risk factors drop. Which
0: is such a so powerful it is, message. It. This doesn't so have much to be the outcome. There are simple, yes. doable things that we can do as expatriate mm-hmm. parents. To help protect our kids from some of these really very real mental and emotional challenges that will come if we don't put these things in place. And I think it's really important to just say a lot of these things, if we only do them most of the time or some of the time, it's okay. It doesn't mean we even have to be 100% emotionally available. 100% 100% of the time for our children. Oh, to- no
1: one's 100% available ever. <laughs>
0: sometimes, right? Just the fact yep. that it's there sometimes is enough. And I think that can be, create margins for us emotionally as adults to realize it's it's the presence of these factors and the frequent presence not it doesn't have to be a perfect thing. And so and also if you haven't been providing some of these things, you can start providing these things and they will still provide protective effects for your children. Like you, you don't have to, it doesn't mean that you may not need to do some debriefing and some, and TCK training offers some amazing tools of helping children unstack and process. But, but at any point, these can still add and help to the protective factors. Yeah. Um,
1: I feel like my parents give some great examples in this. One of one of the things that I think parents really need to take on board is that being perfect is it's unattainable. It's called perfect for a reason. We're never going to hit perfect. Yeah. But when you get it wrong, your apology and repairing relationship with your child is more perfect is, is more powerful than than getting it right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One of the things I remember most as a positive thing with my mum is from the time that she most screwed up. <laughs> right? um my parents relationship was at its lowest ebb things were really stressful and I don't know what was going on but she lost it like she was like yelling at me which she never did not like that I mean except when I was yelling right back yeah yeah but she just I don't know something was just wrong she was so bad the sister that I didn't get along with got in between us and started yelling back on my behalf like it was just a <laughs> disaster right Things were really bad it was really bad right the next day when, when we got home from school, my mum had put a little, like she'd gone out and got those little things that have names, the, the individualised names, so those little volley bags and got us all little bag with some sweets Aww. in it with our names on it. But mine came with a note that she'd handwritten apologising. Was never talked about again. She's not a talker. <laughs> um, and But that apology note was huge for me. One, the acknowledgement that she was wrong. Yeah. Um and like doing stuff like she never bought us stuff, like she does not do frivolous things. Like we we got like our Christmas presents were books and clothes and school supplies, right? But she went and bought us lollies for no reason and to give me this apology note. <laughs> um, like that sticks out so much. And I wasn't even little, I was a teenager. Which is um, actually really
0: why it sticks out. I mean,
1: I might have been in university already. <clears throat> like I, I was I was at least 17 when this happened. Um, and and but it still sticks out as this, like, huge parenting win for her out of this really terrible thing, right? Like, you, there is nothing that you can't come back from by working on that repairing, right? Mm-hmm. Even if there's something that's way in the past, like, there are things you can do to work on repairing relationships. Um, we even have, like, a workshop coming up on that, if that's something that you want to learn more about. And the other one is an example from my dad. So I talked about that really stressful job he had. Yeah. After a couple of years of that, like, he broke down. Um, He fully burned out. He spent a year on stress leave not working. During that time, working with a great psychologist, unlearning some things, relearning some things, it finally occurred to him that the things that he does affects his wife and daughters. (laughs) Started changing how he did a lot of things realising I need to get enough sleep because when I don't, it's my wife who suffers, not me, and I need to change the way I talk, positive talk about myself because that's flowing over to my daughters and things like that. And, again, I was 17, um, wow. nearly 18 when he had that burnout, when he was going through all of that. and completely changed the trajectory of our family. It wow. is never too late to do work on yourself and to change your family. This is why I love these stories because these happened late in my parents' parenting. Yeah. We were were not little kids. We were teenagers. Yeah. And these things made huge differences.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing those. That is so beautiful.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of parents feel like, oh, my gosh, I wish I'd known this 10 years earlier. Well, okay, sure, that would have been nice, but you can still do things now that will have huge impacts.
0: Yes. And like you said, maybe even more powerful, it gives them more confidence. Hey, even if I mess up, I can, I can fix it, right? It's so powerful. Yeah. Is one of the main it lessons we really want RTCKs to learn. It's okay to mess up, to fail, all of that. So hopefully as parents are listening, they feel hope and not stress. And where can Tell, tell us where they can find you, where they can find resources because you have a ton of amazing resources for parents. So
1: connect us <laughs> well, up. TCK training. I mean, I love being on this team. It has been such a privilege to be partnered with people who share my passion for supporting families, for preventive care. Uh, almost all of the research that we produce is available free for anybody. So the white papers we've talked about and a set of blog posts where we break it down for particular subgroups. So, you want to know about the research just for um, military kids? We've got that. Just for boarding school students? We've got that. So just go to tcktraining.com research and you get all of our research materials. Um, and then we also have a whole bunch of courses. So anything that you want to know about, there is probably a course specifically for that. It can be really good just to scroll through, but you can also just search on keywords. I want to know about this. Um, We've probably got something for you because our whole goal is to provide resources to parents who feel like this is hard and I don't know where to go. We've got you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then, you know, I also have stuff on my website, tanyacrossman.com. There's a blog and um, a resource list of all sorts of books and other places you can go to learn more about everything TCK. So, yeah.
0: And you also coach families. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I do. And speak at international schools and do all sorts of things if you want. If you want more from Tanya herself. <laughs> of course you do. Yeah,
1: I just came back from <laughs> Cambodia and Thailand. I'll be back there in October, November, and probably a couple other countries as well. So,
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Tanya. This has been amazing. I think this is a a really, really powerful um, message for parents that there's caution, but there's also hope with our TCKs. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview and found it helpful. And I hope that you also found some hope if you are a parent of a TCK Um, Just in knowing that there is hope, there's things that we can do, and that not only are there challenges, but there are lots of things we can do to make life living abroad consistent with, um, as Tanya says, with a healthy um, emotional landscape. And so I hope that you found that helpful. Um, Next time, I will be talking about one specific tool that you can use with your family. It's called a debrief. And it's something that you can do periodically with your family um, in order to kind of process some of the things that you experience, that your children are experiencing. And it is able to significantly reduce some of the collective stress that accumulates in TC case. So I'm looking forward to that episode and I will talk to you soon. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, Please share this episode with a friend. I wish that I had had these tools and perspectives earlier in my life, and I would love to pass them along to more people who can benefit. Let's stop the suffering and get these tools out to as many people as possible. I also appreciate when you leave reviews for the podcast. It helps me to know you better as my listeners and hear what you find useful. It also helps other people find the podcast. You can find more free resources on my website at theexpatmom.com and on my Instagram and Facebook pages at the handle at the expat mom coach.